0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, forgotten taxpayers, and potentially future pilgrims to the one and only CR podcast here at Blaze Media on Wednesday, November 25th, Thanksgiving Eve. And yes, are you guys thankful for living in this country? Look, I am not going to sugarcoat it today, as I never sugarcoat things. But we are going to slay golden calves today. And the biggest golden calf of all is the Republican Party, the phony conservative movement, the entire political system that has been hijacked and basically disbanded in a bloodless coup. And we're still trying to perpetuate something that literally does not exist. There is nothing to be thankful today, or at least with regard to the country. But if you understand the true meaning of Thanksgiving and its origins, the same being that we give thanks to is still controlling the world. And that same hope is still there. So that's the thing. If we look upon Thanksgiving as more the country, well, I mean, when you compare Thanksgiving 2020 to Thanksgiving 2019, the degree of tyranny that we have experienced since then is unimaginable. But if we remember why we are thankful at a time like this, really, that same Thanksgiving still exists and it should serve as an impetus for us to forge a new path. Just like the pilgrims did. Now let me ask you a question. Let's say one day. They got up here. Biden. The governors. Whatever. The mayors. And they said. Here's what we're going to do. We're creating a national religion. The religion is Islam. America is now an Islamic nation. Would you be like. "Um, Okay. Well let's wait. For the next election and vote for more Republicans and, oh, maybe we'll win the Georgia Senate races. No, I mean, you would have to do what the Pilgrims did. Either somewhere else on the planet, go to Greenland, I don't know, Antarctica, or find someplace among this vast expanse of land that we call America, or we at least used to call America, Where there's still enough patriots to make it work and to forge our our own path. That's what the pilgrims did. King James declared himself essentially a divine king, made his own church, persecuted anyone who didn't join it. We have that nowadays. Just because you don't call it Islam or a certain religion, it doesn't mean it's not a religion, it is a religion. The COVID cult. The mask cult. And I don't think King James made people walk around in bondage. But the story of Thanksgiving is one of faith and perseverance. And understanding that God is the one who manages the affairs of men of nations he is the one who gives us any and all blessings we have. He is the one for whom we must beseech or to whom we must beseech to extend those blessings to be worthy of those blessings. Those principles still exist today. Now what you have going on today is a fight between the god of abundance and the idolatry of scarcity. If you look at everything that's going on with the COVID cult, the new national religion that has been created, that has persecuted us, it is all revolving around the fact, effect of God does not control the world. So there is no force of abundance. It's left to men. There are scarce resources, scarce air, scarce space. So you must conserve it. You must conserve your breath. You must cover your face. There's not enough vaccines to go around. There's not enough stuff to go around. That's where socialism and Marxism obviously is rooted in the same idolatry of scarcity because it is all rooted in a lack of God. Every problem we have today in America is due to the God gap. That gap that has widened over the last generation or two, but really... In the last half a generation. How so many people don't believe in God. Which is really the foundation of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not about. It's not even so much about bounty. It's not about football and Black Friday. That's for sure. What's uniquely American about Thanksgiving. Is the same thing that's uniquely American about July 4th. Because in many respects they're the same holiday. One seventeen seventy six, 1621. 20, but it's about the foundation of this country. The pilgrims are first the settlement of the continent at Plymouth, being built upon a godly nation. Faith in God. God creates all rights. God creates all abundance. And therefore, any governance must be self-governing that leaves in place the rule of God. There's no way around that. We could try to intellectually explain constitutionalism, American conservatism, legally without God. It just doesn't work. That is the source of all our problems. And until we have a revival and turn to God, beseech him, which is really the history of Thanksgiving, we can never hope to even be guided along a new path. But that first requires us to recognize that we need a new path altogether and to stop putting our hopes into this false flag idolatry of the Republican Party. On May 28th, 1849, Robert C. Winthrop, who was a descendant of Governor John Winthrop, the first Massachusetts governor, he gave an address at an annual meeting of the Massachusetts Bible Society in Boston. Yeah, believe it or not, they used to have a Bible Society in Boston. Robert Winthrop, like his uh, forefather, got involved in government, he served as a representative and a senator of the general court in Massachusetts. He was eventually a speaker of the House and Congress. He said, quote, "...all societies of men must be governed in some way or other. The less they may have of stringent state government, the more they must have individual self-government. The less they rely on public law or physical force, the more they must rely on private moral restraint." Men in a word must necessarily be controlled, either by a power within them or by a power without them, either by the word of God or by the strong arm of man, either by the Bible or the bayonet. That is one of the most profound statements of government, governing philosophy in American history, in my view. Because what that really means is what we're seeing today. The reason we have COVID fascism, the reason we have have anarchy at the same time, is because we have turned away from the Bible, we have turned away from God. And that's really what Thanksgiving was all about. It was putting your hands in God, recognizing that God controls everything we do, and we are ultimately under his dominion. And that's what self-government is about. When you reject that, self-government doesn't work. And then when it doesn't work, you have the powers of evil, of tyranny, of man-made government that is not rooted in consent and does not recognize God-given rights. You see, you go back to the foundation. Thanksgiving, obviously, it's rooted in November because... November is when the fur is not just the first harvest in 1621, but it's actually when they came to Plymouth a year earlier on November 11th. This year we celebrate that 400th anniversary. And obviously it has its biblical roots in the fall harvest, the holiday of tabernacle, Jewish holiday in the old Testament, which, uh, Usually falls out in October, but that's where the concept of a fall harvest came from and thanking God for the blessings. First National Thanksgiving, well, obviously, you know, celebrating it when we do in November, a uniform National Day that's the same every year with the current tradition came from Sarah Josepha Hale, who's the mother of Thanksgiving, and she lobbied Abraham Lincoln to create that holiday, but it was really around since the beginning But when it was declared by the the Continental Congress in 1777 drafted by Sam Adams. It was a little bit later that year, December 17, 1777. That's really the first day of Thanksgiving. Just days after the Battle of Saratoga. And they recognized that if you want more blessings, you must identify where the first blessing came from and give thanks. Again, our founding, our settlement, certainly the settlement, um, you know, it was all about religious liberty, it was all about godly service. But certainly our constitutional founding was also rooted. In belief in God, because belief in God and self-governance are two sides of the same coin, heads and tails. Meaning on the same coin that you're going to find dominion under God, you'll flip it over and you'll find self-governance. On the same coin that you'll you'll find atheism, you're going to find tyranny. So in the old days, they believed that a king was God. Nowadays, they believe in paganism. Different idols are gods. And the governing elite are its priests. But it's the same thing. So anyway, on December 17th, the colonists marked the day of Thanksgiving. Quote, to acknowledge with gratitude their obligation to him for benefits received and to implore such further blessings as they stand in need of. So they recognize God's providence as the guiding force in establishing their independence in securing the, their unalienable rights and guiding them in the Battle of Saratoga. And then they further issued a prayer to God that he might nurture, quote, the schools and seminaries of education so necessary for cultivating the principles of true liberty, virtue, and piety. Because that's how you um, really reap the blessings of self-government. Two years later, I'm sorry, 12 years later, November 26th, again, that's where you see this season, this time of year, 1789. The nation marked its first day of Thanksgiving under the new government, following a proclamation issued by George Washington seven weeks earlier. So in in October, he issued a proclamation to celebrate on November 26th. He called a day for public thanksgiving and prayer to beseech God to pardon our national and other transgressions and to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue. Again, I mean, it, that is the origin of Thanksgiving. I mean, that is the nation we were. A day of prayer, a day of fasting, even to pardon our sins, to promote religion, to promote virtue. Obviously, at the outbreak of the war in France in 1798, French Revolution brought a lot of peril with it. John Adams called for a national day of, quote, solemn hum- <coughs> humiliation, fasting, and prayer. He called the day a national acknowledgement of God's providence and that it was a, quote, indispensable duty, unquote, of the nation. A duty whose natural influence is favorable to the promotion of that morality and piety without which social happiness cannot exist, nor the blessings of free government be enjoyed. Following year, on April 25th, Adams called for another Thanksgiving. What was the nature of that day? Quote, that the citizens on that day abstain as far as may be from their secular occupations, devote the time to the sacred duties of religion, in public and private, public and private, that they call to mind our numerous offenses against the Most High God, confess them before him with the, with the sincerest penitence. <laughs> so that's what Thanksgiving looked like before you know, it was created in 1863 as a permanent day. When Abraham Lincoln signed the proclamation on October 3rd, establishing the day as the last Thursday in November as the fixed day of Thanksgiving, and continued in that vein. Now, here's the thing part of our problem is that we are right, and the forces of idolatry and paganism are wrong. There is a God that continues to give us enormous abundance, whether it's the technological advances, whether it's the insane amount of food we're able to grow in this country even under the worst circumstances, whether it's the unbelievable energy resources. We have so much prosperity in this country. God, the God of abundance, has smothered us with so much abundance that ironically, it allows us to turn to the idols of scarcity on the cheap because we don't have to own its liabilities because we benefit from the liabilities from, from the benefits, the blessings of abundance that God has given us as such. We could turn around and embrace the idols of scarcity. I mean, the Bible is replete with uh, examples of this. The end of Deuteronomy and Jeshurun became fat and rebelled and turned against God you don't rebel against God in a time of scarcity. That's the irony. See, the pilgrims really did have scarcity and they turned to God. We're born into such a pampered society of abundance. It's just truly unbelievable. That's the irony. People don't feel it enough, I guess. That's, that's the problem. There's no atheists in a foxhole. The decline in belief in God in this country has dropped precipitously but also commensurately to the increase in standard of living and abundance. That's the sad irony of how much we've turned away from God. We use God's blessing against him. We can only turn to this business because we have... Oh, Amazon and deliveries and endless supplies where you could shop online. Oh, so I could have a lockdown. Or don't worry about missing your grandkids and your friends and everyone and and lack of human socialization. Because you know what? We have Zoom. See, if we didn't have this crap, we would never be able to turn away from God and institute this evil tyranny evil, evil tyranny. But precisely because God has given us these blessings and we've turned away from him is exactly why we are able to embrace idolatry on the cheap. Coolidge warned about this. Coolidge, um, if you ever want to just uh, read over Thanksgiving some meaningful, just a couple paragraphs each, every year, Coolidge gave a very poignant thanksgiving address in the form of a written proclamation as all presidents do but his were particularly meaningful in his first thanksgiving address it was uh, 1923 he called thanksgiving an everlasting altogether good custom 1924 he wrote it has the sanction of antiquity and approbation of our religious convictions and acknowledging the receipt of divine favor and contemplating the blessings which we have bestowed been bestowed upon we shall reveal the spiritual strength of the nation. And he warned over time, he warned over time that the more technology grows, even back then, and the more we grow in material things, we have to grow equally in spiritual things. Because otherwise, you're going to use those blessings To rebel against God. It was true then. It's true now. It was so obvious. And. um, You know he said. As we have grown and prospered in material things. So also should we progress in moral and spiritual things. We are a God fearing people. Who should set ourselves against evil. And strive for righteousness and living. Observing the golden rule. We should from our abundance help and serve those less fortunately placed we should bow in gratitude to god for his many favors this is really the source of all disagreement of all strife in this country and this is why we will never ever be able to be united as a country in those days they all equally believed in god and his and his providence In the fact that he is the source of rights, but also the source of blessings and abundance. And without beseeching the source of that, you could not actualize those benefits. You cannot hope for more abundance. And also you could not hope for the preservation of unalienable rights. Because if you turn away from God, you're going to wind up losing those rights. And you're going to have anarchy and tyranny, or like what we have today, anarcho-tyranny, which is the worst mixture of both, where everyday Americans are being criminalized, while basically, basically, if you are a career criminal you go you 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 get off scot free a, a lot of them are even talking about we're going to focus on repeat offenders they use the word repeat offenders for people or businesses that aren't following the covid cult of course they're not going to go after walmart and amazon they're going to go after the mom and pop stores repeat offenders they call them whereas if you have repeat offenders Rapists, robbers, murderers, assault. Nope. You can't put them in jail because it will spread COVID there, right? And we don't want um, our uh, prized prisoners to... uh, Our future Antifa fighters, our future BLM army, to become sick, do we? So, folks, as depressing as it is to think how... We have lost our freedom. We have lost our rights. We have lost our country. We have lost our culture. There is nothing about this country to be thankful for. But those are all man-made things that we are no longer thankful for. The fact that we have a God, the God of Abraham, that ultimately is in control, not the tyrants. Ultimately, they can't harm us if God doesn't enable that. But we do have to be worthy of his protection we have to beseech him if we want an out from this so just like back then they had a harsh winter in 1620 they had disease they had famine lack of food they had a god to turn to to evacuate them from the situation so that they could one day have a Thanksgiving feast to publicize the miracles that God gave them the following year. We're in the same scenario, except it's just in reverse. We have the food. We're all fat. But we're lacking the spirituality and therefore we lost our freedom. We might have some free food, lots of free food in this country, free stuff, but we don't have freedom. But that same God that runs the affairs of men is still out there still waiting for us to cry out to him to pray to him pray for guidance and that's ultimately what we need to do you know if I ever were were able to start a new movement I always talk about the need to create sort of a constitutional convention or maybe you have a group of a couple people from all parts of the country come together and try to forge a plan forward What, what do we do where do we go it would have to start out first with a day of fasting and prayer. Just for guidance. Again, this is where it comes from. I, 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 I cannot move away from this. We have a very God-loving audience here, but you know, maybe some people that don't believe in God will be turned off by the show, but I don't care. Because at the end of the day, there is no one else in control. So that's the good news. That's ultimately what we're thankful for. We're thankful for the fact that whether it's the rod or the staff, it will comfort us. Sometimes God gives us the staff to lean on, the abundance, the blessings. Sometimes he gives us a hard time. But the comfort is that it's coming from him and it's not really coming from man. Ultimately, it's up to God. And that is ultimately what we are thankful for today. That is the true lesson of thanksgiving. And again, as we thank God for our unfathomable level of physical abundance, we must remember that while only he can deliver us material prosperity, Only we can salvage our spiritual prosperity by returning those favors that he bestowed upon us, by turning back to him in his ways. That's really what's in our path. That's the path we have before us. That is the lesson of Thanksgiving. That's the history of Thanksgiving. That's the history of the pilgrims. That's the history of our, you know, the Continental Congress and and the Revolutionary War. It was all faith. You look at those battles; they were outgunned, outnumbered, outmaneuvered. They lost most of the battles of the Revolutionary War. They fought very bravely. The Battle of King's Mountain, Calpen, some of those battles in the South, where they were just getting butchered, but they managed to score some victories. And with faith in God, it led to Yorktown, which was almost like a fluke. They were really losing the war. And just Yorktown kind of happened miraculously. Because they deserved the blessings, because they asked God for the blessings. And certainly they thanked him for them. We will never restore ourselves without following that path. Now, it doesn't mean retracing our steps politically because that's what a- actually means the opposite. We have to shun those idols. We are not going to restore the country we had in the 80s and 90s, which in itself was starting to turn bad. We're never going to retrace our steps mechanically. It's going to have to be a very new path that is abundantly clear. You're going to ask me how, and and these are things that we're going to have to see. But again, when you put your faith in God, you'll see, and we see this all the time, the news cycle changes quickly, the circumstances in the world change so quickly these days. God gives you an opportunity very quickly, before you even realize it, to jump on. We never jump on them. They do exist. But it takes a movement that recognizes that what we're doing isn't working, That what we have done has failed. And it's going to require letting go of those false idols. you got to plow up that dead grass before you plant new grass. Look, you live in Georgia. You want to vote for them. Vote for the, the, the Republicans. I don't care. But if that is where your faith is, you're mistaken. Because the bottom line is that's going to serve as another fake crutch. Because the reality is the forces of tyranny even with a 52-48 Republican majority, will be like more like a 95-5 majority, if you know what I mean. I mean, you look at some of those rhinos, they are legendary. You have nowhere near a majority anyway. And anyway, the left doesn't implement their agenda that way. They implement it executively. They're already doing it even under Trump at a state level, a federal level. They'll do it at a federal level too with Biden. And what are you going to do about that? Oh, well, we got our Republicans in the Senate. It's a false idol. Maybe we need that kick in the pants. Maybe we need that dark winter of 1620 before we could turn to God and slay the golden calf. The Republican Party is the single biggest obstacle to forging a new path ahead. The only purpose the Republican Party serves is ensuring... That there is no godly, effective, intrepid reaction, alternative, and counter-revolution to the bloodless illegal revolution that the left has instigated and successfully implemented in this country. That's it. It all comes down to that. Because folks, what we are doing is not working. It's not working anywhere, anytime we've tried it. We've been 30 years in the wilderness since Reagan, where this party has stood for nothing. That is the reality. You had this fleeting aberration with Trump, which was his own unique set of opportunities and challenges. But putting Trump aside, that party has never changed the last four years. And I think we're all seeing that now. All the rhinos that kind of lied low are now coming out with the cloak and dagger. It will never work. And if you think you could somehow reform this party, I worked at it for 10 years. It doesn't work. You can't reform a party that fundamentally doesn't share your values and never did. It's a simple reality. We need a new movement. But again, that, that that first must be built upon a recognition that we have turned away from God, all of us. I don't mean just the left. All of us have put our faith too much in men where there is no salvation. Very, very fallen men at that. Movements that reject God and God's providence. Oh, let's pick up another Senate seat. If you think that's what this is about, you are really mistaken. Because the left didn't get to where they are by winning a couple extra elections or a couple extra seats. That's not how they won it. And that is not how we are going to win our own independence. Look, if we seek to control them the way they control us, that's a tougher hill to climb. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you get back California. I don't know how you get back places like that. But there's got to be places in this country, and there are plenty of counties. If you break it up, let's say, on a county level, where Trump has easily carried 65, 75, 85% of the vote, those are the places where we need to start. What does that look like mechanically, geographically? I don't know. But just because it sounds unfeasible at this point doesn't mean it's not the truth. Because frankly, what's even less feasible is thinking that you just keep on the, playing this Republican game and things aren't, aren't going to get worse. At the end of the, at the, end of the day, we have gotten to this point where we are literally dealing with Nazi fascists. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this. But this story out of Vermont. But this is really happening elsewhere, too. Don't just tell me it's Vermont. Students who attend multi-household gatherings over Thanksgiving break will need to quarantine for a minimum of seven days. So basically, um, VT Digger, he's a It's a good website investigative journalist in Vermont, Schools will require students who attend multi-household gatherings to basically fill out a form. And the teachers are going to ask them if their parents went along to grandma's house for Thanksgiving. The daily health check can now include a question about multi-household gatherings over the holiday. They're going to ask the children to write on their parents. This was a tactic of the communists, tried and tested tactic, and they're going to keep this going. They are going to keep this going. But this has occurred under a system where Republicans have controlled the Senate. The same Republicans, they have the White House, they appointed all these judges that don't seem to be there for us. When it comes to election law, they don't seem to be there for us when it comes to COVID fascism. It's funny. Somehow the left keeps winning in the courts, despite all of those judges that we appointed, as I've warned. That's a big idolatry. Oh, we need to shun it because the judges, the judges. Yeah, where are they? Huh, interesting. And Republicans control more state government, state legislatures than Democrats do. And yet we have we have sick tyranny. We have people being arrested for not wearing masks in, in red states. Folks, what we are doing is not working. That is the reality. Now, I want to say one more thing before we sew it up for the weekend, long extended holiday weekend, on... What this new path is going to involve. Just one point. It's going to involve a lot more than this. But at a foundation. When we create our groups of Sons of Liberty. Organizations. In the various counties and states. It's got to start with the sheriffs. And the police departments. Where it makes sense to contact them. And we need to set up meetings with them. And here's what I mean by that. I am rapidly. Rapidly warming up to the position of abolishing the police. And I mean this dead seriously. Crime is worse than it has ever been in major parts of America. It's a joke. And even if the police do their job, it's still a joke because the justice system has been destroyed and they get let out. So we are rapidly coming to a point where there is no benefit to having police, where you are on your own for self-defense and security. Okay, hold that thought. But now you'd be like, all right, so I'll defend myself. But no, the police suddenly are very strong when, let's say, like, for example, in my area, there's tons of carjackings, robberies, things like that. So let's say I carry a gun. Well, I'm not allowed to carry a gun, but let's say I even am allowed to carry a gun. Let's say I am. Well, there's a two-tier justice system in this country and if the criminal is especially of a certain ilk, you can't shoot him, even if you need to. What are you going to do? Then the police will somehow be there to arrest you, and somehow you're not going to benefit from a leaky criminal justice system. Likewise, when it comes to comes to COVID fascism, everyone's talking about you know these governors, these mayors, but they don't have any power if we, you didn't have what. A police force. Oregon Governor says people should call the police on COVID violators. New York City is setting up checkpoints at key, key bridges. I understand there's a lot of police and sheriffs that said they're not going to enforce it. And I think we need to continue highlighting them. But folks, for this to have gotten off the ground this far, there are far too many who are enforcing it. And let me tell you, there is a special place in hell for them. Because you know what? There's one thing if they're like, you know, fascistic, they're kind of like Singapore, China, even North Korea. A governor gives an edict, you know, COVID fascism, living, breathing is now a crime. They come and enforce it. But at the same time, they lock up all the criminals. All right, well, that's fine. But for these bastards to run and hide from criminals and then suddenly find their little moxie against us, you know what? You can go straight to hell. Then I'm all for abolishing the police, which, by the way, as I warned you, the left is not for abolishing the, the police. It's more about abolishing um, deterrent against crime, incarceration, things like that. Certain things police can do to certain people. But believe me, they want the police. They love having a police force. I want to take this back to the Pilgrims. In honor of Thanksgiving. The Plymouth Rock Foundation has a good write-up on this. I'm just going to quote a little bit from it. Once establishing a place to settle, Bradford... right? This is obviously the first governor. Bradford writes... Saturday, the 17th day of January in the morning, this would be 1621, we called a meeting for the establishing of military orders among ourselves. And we chose Miles Standish, our captain, and gave him authority of command and affairs. Unquote. And this is the Plymouth Rock Foundation write-up, continuing, though they had hired Miles Standish, he didn't have authority to command military affairs until voted on by the people. This makes January 27th, 1621, a significant date in the history of citizen militias for the United States. Citizen militia, often called every man a soldier, was directly answerable to the people at large and always operated in submission to civil authority. And they go on to explain a little bit about the history of the militia. After Boston was settled in 1630, the same philosophy of citizen militia was established by Governor John Winthrop. We mentioned him earlier in 1638. The oldest chartered military company of the Massachusetts is now called the Ancient and Honorable Artillery Company of Massachusetts. Its charter proclaimed a recognition of public responsibility, the inherent right and duty of each citizen to defend those he loved, and the realization that only through properly organized training can these vital duties be efficiently discharged. Now, folks because we have a breakdown of a civil government where governors and mayors are just using arbitrary power to create edicts without the consent of the people through a legislative process, those orders to the police force, the sheriffs, is no longer legitimate. So we have to create a new channel. And it's time for us to get in their faces, start off politely and say, look, We are your biggest supporters. But we will join BLM if you are going to go and enforce this stuff. Now, obviously, the leadership in urban police forces are corrupt as hell because they're basically put in there by the mayors. So to a large extent, we've lost them already. But again, we're seeing Corona fascism, not just in big, big urban areas. We're seeing them elsewhere. And it's time we create create this American Sanctuary Movement, and that's going to begin with meeting with our sheriffs and pressuring them, saying, you don't dare come after us at a time when criminals are being let go. You swore an oath to the Constitution. An independent oath, distinct from whatever governing authority is in that county or state. And that's one place where we need to start. Rebuilding. The building blocks of self-governance. But again, ultimately, it's going to take faith in God. And before we build that faith, or, or concurrent with building that faith, we're going to have to slay the false idols. Remember, the left doesn't operate in let's elect a new guy. No, they get in the faces of all the civil servants, all the people in what could loosely be considered the executive branch of government, whether it's at a state, federal, or county level. We need to do the same thing. Go straight to them. Straight to the source of the power. The source of the power in any given area, especially as it relates to COVID fascism, lies solely with whatever police force is there. That's where we need to take our fight at this juncture. If they want a banana republic, well, you know what? We're going to fight back as well. We're going to fight back through our own channels. So that's something I want to develop in the coming days. Let's start creating a list of sheriff heroes and sheriff zeros to publicize. Maybe we'll have some on our show. Let's return to the ways of God. Let's pray for the peace of our people. We no longer have a nation in the same way we've had it when we were growing up. We need to create some new system. The question is how and what. But again, that system, that pioneering system that we create has to be built upon the same principles That built the original system before it was hijacked. And that's in faith, unflinching, categorical faith in God, that he controls our affairs. He alone bestows us with blessings. He is the one who enables uh, challenges and hardships. But ultimately, they are for our, our good so that we return back to him. When we didn't recognize his divine providence during a time of blessing. We still have physical abundance. We don't have in this country spiritual abundance. We have a lot of free things. We don't have freedom. We need to turn to God in this time of tyranny and pray for freedom, pray for guidance on how to restore that freedom. Folks, gather with your families and friends to your heart's content. Gather in larger numbers than you did any other year. Pray with more fervorance than you've ever prayed. And after that, we will plot and scheme and strategize like we have never done before with God's help. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy weekend. And we'll see you same time, same place on the other side.